What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to VCast, where church and culture come together. As always, if you haven't already liked or subscribed to this podcast, please do so. Give us a like, follow us, and uh, everything you do helps us to continue to reach people with the Word of God. So we love you guys. I hope you enjoy this podcast today. God bless you. What's going on, everyone? This is Jacob. I'm here with Pastor Jeremy. How you doing, Jeremy? Doing good, sir. Doing good. I'm excited for today. This is the second month of our um, Ephesians series. Mm-hmm. First month went really well. Really liked the things that we talked about. And I think this month is also going to be filled with many great conversations. I'm excited for it. Um, today, though, the episode that we're doing today is called I Am Saved. And we're going to be focusing on Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. So if you have a Bible with you and you are listening, make sure to open up to Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 10. Um, The topic of I am saved is obviously very important when understanding our identity because that's exactly what we've been talking about for the whole year. Right. Right. Um, Our identity in Christ Mm -hmm. and salvation being saved is very important to us as a Christian. Right. Um, On a personal level for me, I want to be able to understand it. And I know that for the past couple of months off the microphone you and i have actually talked a lot about salvation yeah yeah um and i've actually been struggling with the concept of it many mm-hmm. times um because it, it can be very confusing at right. times salvation how it works and how we come to know christ right. um that what we do the things that we do that our salvation isn't based on what we do but it's based on what he's done for us right because a lot of christians can get lost in that and i know that i've suffered from that where i got so lost in doing things for jesus that i got um i got my eyes fixated on doing things for him and not what he had done for me yeah um and a lot of people can where and and it's not so bad to do things for jesus it's when you make your salvation based off that is where things get really really dicey but i know we're gonna open that up and talk about what it what does it mean that god saves us and what does it mean to be saved because we said we throw that around all the time mm-hmm. every time i talk to somebody like, oh yeah i'm saved and i'm like are you saved yeah like what does that mean what does that mean what does yeah. that mean um and paul obviously explains it perfectly in the book of ephesians again chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 is where we're focusing on and we're going to be explaining and breaking all of that down um so to start it off we understand that the word saved like we had just talked about is not so easily understood by most christians today like you just said uh, you'll talk to people who are christian and they'll just be like i'm saved and sometimes they might not even know what that means and it's not that their lack of understanding of the word doesn't mean they are saved but we hope to shed light so that they have a better understanding of what they say when they say they are saved um so when we tell people we're saved Today, we often only mean past tense, which is what people say when you ask them. Right. It's like, I'm saved. And they only mean past tense because that's what the word implies, ED, past tense. Yeah. Right. But when Paul uses that word, he doesn't mean it in just the past tense. Right. When, it, when he's talking about our salvation. Yeah. Um, when Paul uses the word saved, he means past, present, and future. Right. Like we're being saved. We're being saved. At this very moment. At this very moment. As the second we give our lives to Christ, we've been saved. Right. And we're being saved. It's 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 interesting too because I was just part of a panel and they asked that question. They asked, um, um, "Tell us your, the story of your salvation." And I'm like, "It's not over yet." So like, <laughs> yeah, because salvation isn't 
a one and done thing. It's it's a process. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians don't look at salvation as a process. If you ask somebody, hey, um, are you saved? They'll say, oh, yeah. And when I was 13, I gave my heart to the Lord and I've been saved ever since. And it's like, okay, yeah, but there was a lot more to that story because I'm sure that you didn't just get saved and you were perfect from that day forward. You yeah. were struggling with sin. And there was a lot of things that happened in your journey with Christ. And so when we talk about salvation, we're talking about it threefold. There's three distinct parts of salvation. There is a past part. Um, I mean, if you look at the very beginning of the of the scripture, he starts off with, um, and you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins, right? Like there was, you had a very shady past. I had a very shady past where we grew up into this very sinful person. But at some point, Jesus came in and saved us. So what does that past tense salvation look like? And what does it actually mean? Yeah, um, that past tense salvation has made us positionally righteous before God now. Right. Right. So because I was once dead in my trespasses and that has been forgiven through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that substitutionary death. Right now, as God is looking down on me, I am positionally righteous before him. I still struggle with sin, mm -hmm. but because I've accepted the death of his son, I am now made positionally righteous. Right now, we are still being made new daily. And it's that's the part that I was having a tough time with, like how I just said we were having conversations off the mic. Right. It's so hard to understand. Mm -hmm. Right now, as God is looking at me, I am positionally righteous before him. Right. But I still sin. I'm saved but I'm still being saved. Yes, and last month, yeah. me and Pastor Allen were sort of having that conversation, a saint and a sinner. I am just, I'm a saint who sins. And right. it kind of sounds like a contradiction, but in light of the gospel, it's not. Right, right. Because it's not your identity. Yeah. Um, and so what happens is the way that I've always described it is the three Ps, um, that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he saved you from the penalty of sin. So in that sense, when it's like, hey, will you die and go to hell? No, because no. I have been saved by the blood of Christ. He died in my place, so I don't have to die. I actually get to live forever. The penalty of sin has been taken away from me. However, the power of sin still has a grip on me, has a grip on you. It has a grip on every person who lives on this planet, unless you say that you're perfect, in which case the Bible would call you a liar. Um, and so it's, it's so important to know that although I've been saved from the penalty of sin, I'm still fighting against yeah. the power of sin in the present. And so what does that kind of look like for you? What does it mean to be saved present tense? Yeah, um, I think Paul stabs at that in Romans. And I know that you know the verse I'm referring to that, um, what was it? That um, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound by no means. Right. What he's saying is that although I've been saved and although, like we said before, it's threefold past, present and future, although my present and future self have been forgiven, it doesn't give me the right to keep on sinning. I've been saved. Mm -hmm. Right. So because I've been saved from the penalty of sin, I need to live my life as someone who is saved. Right. And I can't continue to live in sin. Um, and that's what a lot of people say. I've been saved. I can do whatever I want, right? right? I've been saved past, present, and future. There's no reason for me to change what I've done. I've accepted the um, the sacrifice of Jesus, and that's not true. We need to continue to live as saved people. Yeah. Because right. we are constantly mm -hmm. being saved. We just we can't go back to right. 
you know, like the, the ways that we used to live. Right. We're being sanctified we're being by sanctified, the power of the Holy Spirit. Justified. Um, so we've been justified by Christ, we, which makes us positionally righteous. And now we're being sanctified by the Holy Spirit, meaning that the Holy Spirit is making us look more like Jesus every single day. Yeah. Um, and one day we'll be saved from the presence of sin, um, but that won't happen until we are glorified. That's what the Bible calls it. It's glorification. It's the understanding that one day we will be with God. God will make us like Christ in every way, perfect without sin. But that day doesn't come until we meet God face to face. And so we all long for and look for that day when um, I will be saved from from the presence of sin yeah. fully yeah um but that's gonna take a long time oh yeah yeah it, 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 for for some of us for least. some yeah yeah, yeah yeah but um i, I kind of have a question for you now and right. um it was when you were going over the three p's you said we have been saved from the penalty of sin mm -hmm. um what is that penalty what have we been saved from right so the penalty of sin is death Right. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, meaning that um, a wage is what you earn for the things that you do. So the things that I have done have earned me death. Mm -hmm. um, the Bible says that that the moment uh, he told Adam and Eve in the garden, the moment you eat of that fruit, you shall surely Die. die and he wasn't just talking about physical death. He was talking about spiritual death. Every human being on the face of this planet is born spiritually dead um you're not born some we all will physically die one day we all have to however spiritual death affects us in such a great way because that's what sin is it's spiritual death it's doing what i want to do and not what i ought to do um and so um that is the 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 penalty of sin yeah and, and the penalty of sin is death but there's also penalties that we pay in this life as well right for the consequences yeah. of sin sin also breeds a godless lifestyle mm -hmm. right so although death is the penalty of sin when right. you take your last breath and um an unrepentant sinner who doesn't accept jesus christ as their lord and savior will face that penalty after death mm -hmm. but there's also penalties that we face in this life right non-believers live their lives separated from god mm -hmm and indulge in the things of this world. Right. That's one of the penalties. And although living in this world and taking part of the things of this world may not feel like a penalty, it's one of those things that you don't really feel. Yeah. You know, but you don't realize how much damage you're doing to yourself by taking part in this world. Right. You don't realize how damaging it is to you, mm -hmm. to the things that you do, um, like things like alcohol and yep. weed. These are penalties and you're paying for them, mm -hmm. but you don't feel it. Right a hangover now. is a good reason to stop drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, it's not, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that the the abuse of these substances come with some very negative impacts. Um, Jesus said, a good tree will produce good fruit and a bad tree will produce bad fruit. Um, uh, the idea is that there are actions and things in this life that will yield bad fruit. And the thing that I love and, the, and I'm like, man, Jesus is such a like low key genius because he said stuff that was so like, common just like good trees good trees bear good fruit and you go right so if i am a good tree i will bear good fruit or if i'm attached to a good tree i will bear good fruit but the thing that's kind of like underestimated in that is that fruit was meant to be shared right people have to consume fruit so it's 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 not just that my fruit is bad for me it's bad for those who encounter me as well mm -hmm. and so if i'm fruit 
on a tree connected to Christ, but I'm bearing bad fruit. I'm not connected to Christ. I'm connected to some bad tree, but I'm also producing bad fruit that affects other people. Because how many times have you met people who are just, just their sin literally has consequences, not only on them, but on others as well. And this is what Paul calls the course of this world, that to be a Christian means that we must repent, which literally means to turn away because the course of this world leads to darkness. Right. Right. So now we who once followed the course of this world that leads to darkness have turned our backs towards sin to face God. Right. That is what we have been saved from. We have been saved from a pattern of worldly living, right. which itself is a penalty. Exactly. Um, in Ephesians 2, 2, Paul references non-believers walking according to the prince of the power of the air, right? And so um, this th- it's such an interesting statement. So what I would ask is, what does that mean? Wh- who is the prince of the power of the air? And what does it mean that we're walking according to the prince of the power of the air? Um, this is, um, I think this is the first time he's actually called that in the Bible. Like, I don't think right. he's ever called that anywhere else, but we know his name as something else, Satan, right? the devil, right? He is the prince of the power of the air. And the reason why we have not escaped from the presence of sin, like we were talking about before, is because he is the prince and power of the air within this earth, mm-hmm. right? Um, as we know that this earth belongs to God right. and that everything in it, us, all of creation belongs to him. Mm-hmm. But there is a evil presence, an evil spirit that roams this earth right? and is promised that he will deal with it. God promises revelations that he will get rid of this and he will make a new earth. Yeah. But as of this moment, there is an evil presence walking the earth, and it is Satan, and he is that prince of power mm-hmm. of the air. He is the spirit. This is what Paul says, and it's crazy. He says, um, according to the prince of the power of the air, who is the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience? Right. right. That's crazy. It, that's the thing, too, is that 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 God is a spiritual being, but so is Satan. And if you notice that everything in the Bible, Satan tries to replicate in a very evil way. Like even in the Revelation, there's almost like a, a an evil trinity. There's almost an, there there's like this. The it's spirit, not actually a trinity, the but spirit it, of Antichrist. It, it, yeah, it, it right? portrays itself that there's way. There's the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, and the false prophet. It had they have their own little triad of false beings that go against what God has saying. He tries to replicate everything that God does and to call him the spirit uh, that's working in sons of disobedience. That's insane, bro. Yeah. And uh, like you just said, he tries to replicate what he does. And even with his authority, he does that to Jesus in Luke Mm -hmm. 4, 6. He tries to give this authority to Jesus, that he has this rule over all Mm -hmm. these kingdoms and that he is the king and he has all of and all this stuff is under his control. Um, but he has been defeated already. Yeah, Although right. he continues to fight us, which is what we're Correct. talking about. He's yeah. been defeated, oh, yeah. but he continues to fight us. Yeah, and the Bible even says that he, even if he's going to try to fool everyone, even God's elect, like mm-hmm. God's chosen people. Even though they're solid in their faith, he's still going to try to deceive them. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know these people believe and trust in you, but I, even then, I'm going to still try to mess with them. Same thing with Job. Yeah, he knew that Job was faithful, but he still tested it, him. It's, it's not that it. He, he knows he lost, so he's just trying to bring down as many people with him. Right, exactly. Right? It's, it's, he knows he has no chance to win. Right. But if he can at least bring more people with him right. into, that, into that losing side, mm-hmm. he's, 
Yeah, and so at yeah, the end of the like day, not like he's one, but like he's you know he's right. It's yeah. like his final stab. Yeah, I'm just trying to take everybody down with me. Yeah. I'm going down, and I'm taking everybody with me. Um, and and so when we talk about this, what we're talking about is that we have been saved from the power of uh, the, we're we're being saved from the penalty of sin, which is death. We're being saved from the 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 idea that there's an, a godless lifestyle that comes with living in sin. We're saved from that. We're saved from ourselves. We're saved from um, Satan, sin, and death. And so God has saved us from these things. But but that's not all that God has done, which no. I love that because he doesn't leave it at that. You know, like that's one of those common statements where they'll say, God loves you just the way you are, but he's not going to leave you that way. Like God didn't just save you from something. He saved you for something. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't just, I'm going to pull you out of this mess. You're on your own. Good luck. No, I'm pulling you out of this and I'm going to give you miraculous purpose. So what does it, what has God saved us to or for? Yeah. What have we been saved for? So once we've been saved, the question we usually begin to ask ourselves is why, right? We've just gone over what we've been saved from. And that is the first step, right? When you first become a Christian and you first give your life to Jesus, you've been saved from the godless lifestyle, Mm -hmm. the penalty of sin and the power of Satan. You've been saved from that. Now you have to ask yourself, okay, why though? Like, why have I been saved? And um, for what reason has God chosen me? Like, why? So Ephesians 2, 7 says this, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. He saved us because he desired to show his love for us. However, there is one more reason. In Ephesians 2.10, Paul says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Right. Right. That answers the question perfectly. Mm -hmm. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Right. Right. And that's um, um, to me that that is the good and acceptable will that God is always talking about. Because we're always like we look at everything like, oh, this is always everything is God's will. And but I feel like God's will really is like God's will and desire is this really perfect. Like, bro, he's like, I've I've orchestrated everything to work out for you to do good things. Mm -hmm. Whether you walk in them or not, that's up to you. But God is saying my will is that you would do this. But when your will interacts with God's will, sometimes it messes that up. Yeah. And so, um, but I love the way the scripture says it, that we're a workmanship created in Christ Jesus for working, mm-hmm. for doing stuff. So what is uh, what is Paul really trying to say here? Yeah. Um, and, and I know that part. for some Christians, that idea of good works is right. very controversial. Yeah, um, people get tight when you hear it. <laughs> they're like, I've been created for good works, but I'm not saved by good works. And that's not what Paul is saying. Right, right? exactly. Because everyone goes to James, faith without works is dead. Right. Um, and to clarify, James and Paul don't disagree right. on that at all. What James is saying is what Paul is saying. They've just worded it very differently. Paul isn't making a shift from grace to works. Right. He means that even our works are empowered by the grace of God. Right. Right. That we are made to work, to do good things. Right. Right. So that we can be more like Christ and show mm-hmm. his love for humanity to everyone else. Many man-made religions have made works the very center of their salvation. Right. Right. But what all other religions and spiritualities have in common is that the one who saves you is the one you see in the mirror. Right. But Christianity is not a, a, a work-based religion. Yeah. It is a 
religion it is a salvation that leads to good work right because you have been saved you have experienced that love and forgiveness and now you desire to share that with everyone else right. through your works but your works are not your own right i'm not saved by my works i'm saved to my works Ooh, and so the idea is that i'm not i'm not saved by what i do i'm saved by what jesus did mm -hmm. and if we look at the, the 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 that um triple idea of the threefold idea of salvation where it's like the penalty of sin has been paid by jesus once and for all i have been saved past tense all of my sin has been atoned for and paid for by the blood of jesus past present and future that's beautiful why i can't earn that mm -hmm. jesus justified me jesus saved me but the part in the middle the sanctification part by the power of the holy spirit if i walk in the spirit i won't gratify the desires of my flesh that is a part that i take place in i had nothing to do with jesus saving me from the penalty of sin as a matter of fact i didn't even want it i didn't want jesus but he came and he saved me he chose me to be saved and he came to me and saved me and now i have my part that I have to play in this salvation, which is doing what Christ told me. It's called obedience. Mm -hmm. Has nothing to, it's completely separate from being saved by Christ. Yeah, you're not saved by works, you're saved by grace. However, that grace should leave you, lead you to live a life full of good works. Yeah. So you can't just get the penalty taken away and then live however you want because that's not how salvation works. It is a, a threefold process and you have to make sure that you're doing the part and helping with the part in the middle. You have to be willing to Absolutely. be obedient. So, Thank you guys for tuning into our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. If you did, don't forget to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with as many people as you know so we can get the word of God out to everyone everywhere. We love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys on the next episode.